And now, Revival Fires International presents the Revival Fires radio broadcast with the dynamic evangelistic ministry of Dr. Tim Todd, a powerful voice for God and country. Welcome to this very special Memorial Day edition of the Revival Fires broadcast. Today, we want to honorably pay tribute to those who have served this great nation in the many branches of our military. And to the families, we say thank you for your gift to our nation. America is standing on the shoulders of those who have sacrificed to assure that our freedoms are secure. This poses an important question. Where is America right now in relation to biblical prophecy? Today, Dr. Tim Todd will deliver a clear sign of the times message from Revelation chapter 13 entitled, Take America Back. Revelation chapter 13, verse 18. Here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred three score and six. The title of my message tonight, Take America Back. To take America back, the question is, to take America back from whom? To take America back from the liberal media who labels anybody that says anything good about God or anything good about traditional family values as being a religious fanatic. To take America back from the hardcore pornographers whose pictures of men raping six-year-old girls is nothing more or nothing less than a training manual for child molesters. In the United States of America, There are more hardcore pornography shops, 15,000, than there are McDonald's. In fact, at least one woman every 46 seconds will be raped in America. The United States Justice Department said one out of three girls and one out of seven boys will be sexually molested by the age of 18. And these child molesters are driven by pornography. The child molester will molest an average of 380 children before they are stopped. So I have a question for the fathers of America. How can you in good conscience take your money and buy pornography? And by the way, hardcore pornography is the third most powerful cash cow in the criminal underworld in America. How can you take your money and put it into the hands of these criminals who are producing websites that are transforming lust-driven lunatics into child molesters that will rape your daughters Rape your wife, rape your children, how can you do that? I charge you in the name of Jesus Christ tonight, stop buying pornography. Get it out of your life, get it out of your home, get it off of your computer, get filters on your computer, sir, get accountability partners in your life, and do it now in Jesus' name. To take America back from the gay rights activist who with the help of any liberal politicians are in the process right now of passing gay rights bills that will enable homosexuals to marry each other, to adopt children, to file joint tax returns on a state-to-state level, but I'm talking on a federal level, to cause public schools to force them to transform their curriculums to present homosexuality as an acceptable alternative lifestyle. You say, well, Brother Todd, who are you to judge? I'm not doing the judging. The Bible does all the judging, and I'm just telling you what the Word of God says. If you want to know what God thinks about homosexual perversion, you look at his urban renewal development program that he had for Sodom and Gomorrah. That'll give you a pretty good idea. 
to take America back from the godless legislators in Washington, D.C., who gave the National Endowment for the Arts $10,000 of your tax money to produce a picture of Jesus Christ hanging on the old rugged cross in a bottle of urine. And your tax dollars paid for that. I don't know about you, but I resent that. An act of blasphemy in the name of art. And it was paid for with your tax money to take America back from the Hollywood toxic talent who made Christian bashing an art form in America. The church needs to send a message loud and clear. Hollywood does not speak for America. Jane Fonda does not speak for me. Alec Baldwin does not speak for me. And it's time for America to stop and ask this question. What is an actor and an actress? An actor is an individual who has paid good money to pretend to be somebody else that they are not. Now, you don't have to be Sigmund Freud to realize that is a poor basis for mental health. And we need to stop looking at these liberal Hollywood stars as anything more than that what they really are. They are not moral models. They are moral mongrels. They do not lead America. And the leadership of our nation needs to come from thus saith the Lord and the pages of the Word of God. This is a call to arms tonight to the church of the Lord Jesus Christ and the army of the living God to put on the whole armor of God to stand up for Jesus to stand up for traditional family values to stand up for the God of our fathers to stand up and witness and win in a godless society and take America back one heart at a time one home at a time one city at a time and let this nation see us standing for God free and independent saturated with the holiness of the Lord Jesus Christ to take America back from the radical feminist. Today, the radical feminists that are in America, they are humorless, militant, mean-spirited individuals who want to redefine the relationship between a man and a woman. Sheila Cronin, one of the most well-respected radical feminist leaders, said this, and I quote, she said, since marriage constitutes slavery for women, it is evident that the women's movement must concentrate on attacking the marriage. Freedom for women cannot come without the abolition of marriage. Along comes the National Organization for Women. They said every woman must be willing to be recognized as a lesbian to be fully feminine. I want to say this loud and clear. There is a big difference between being feminine and being a feminist. And that needs to be spelled out. To be feminine means that you are a godly, gracious woman. To be a feminist means that you are a mean-spirited, unhappy, militant, humorless individual who is willing to lay down in front of a bulldozer to save a spotted owl up in a tree and in the same breath demand that a baby in the mother's womb be executed without the, the opportunity to live. The New York Times did a study and they determined that in excess of 50% of the membership of the National Organization for Women are either lesbian or bisexual. If you want to know what a real woman looks like, a portrait of a real woman is in Proverbs 31. She is married. She is a mother. She is a cookie-making homemaker. In her mouth is the law of kindness. She is not a hip hellraiser from Harvard, and her husband doth safely trust in her. That's what a real woman looks like. That's what America was built upon, and that's what we need to get back to, to take America back from the welfare state, who rewards deadbeats that will not work, and takes money away from people that will work. The Bible says, he who does not work shall not eat. And I'm for chiseling that over the doorpost of the health education department and the welfare department in Washington, D.C. 
to take America back from the ACLU, whose toxic thinking is intellectual cancer for America. Jacksonville, Florida, the school board there decided to implement a sex education curriculum that promoted abstinence as the only way to save sex. Now, think about that. The people in Jacksonville, Florida, wanted to have a curriculum that said that if you want to avoid sexually transmitted disease, young person, you must abstain from immoral sex. God bless the people of Jacksonville, Florida. But then along came the ACLU and they filed a lawsuit against the school board. They said that by teaching abstinence, that you put children at a greater risk for contracting AIDS. What nonsense. St. Paul described the ACLU when he said, thinking themselves to be wise, they became as fools. And it's time for the church of the Lord Jesus Christ to rise up and begin to encourage young people to give Bibles away in school and take a stand on their public school campuses in America. We had two young ladies that took their Truth for Youth Bibles to school. This school had a policy in place that was in opposition to the Constitution of the United States that says that Bible distribution and carrying Bibles to school was illegal and they did not allow it on their public school campus. The principal met these two young ladies at the door of the school. She looked at their Bibles and said, what is this? They said, these are our Bibles. She said, this is trash. And she threw those Bibles in the trash can. She called those two young ladies mom and said, if you're not here in the school in 15 minutes, we're gonna call Child Protective Services on your daughters. The mom came to the school not knowing what did their daughters do. She got to the school, realized that her daughters were not in trouble for having drugs in school. They were not in trouble for having uh, guns in school. They were in trouble for having Bibles in school. They contacted our ministry. We got them in contact with Liberty Council, Matt Staber in Orlando, Florida. He took the case free of charge. By the way, he has never lost a case to the ACLU. He took the case free of charge. He represented those young people and they won the court case and the courts required for the school to purchase 1,000 Truth For Youth Bibles and allow those two sisters to get those Bibles away in school. It's time to take our schools back for God. Our schools are in trouble to take America back from the historical revisionist. For those of you who still read something other than the National Enquirer, you know that there are historical revisionists in our nation that are trashing America's heroes and lifting up evil men as moral examples. Everybody from Christopher Columbus to George Washington to our founding forefathers are being portrayed by a select group in the media as being greedy, corrupt, capitalist, racist, and agnostic. I want you to know that is wrong. These are men who prayed. These are men who loved God. These are men who loved their family. And it's time for America to quit letting people trash our heroes in America in the media. It's time for us to return to the God of our fathers, to return to traditional family values, to return to integrity, to return to holiness without which no man shall see the Lord, to return to the principles of God's word, to return to trust in God and family. And so shall we be established again upon Christ the solid rock in America to take America back back to what back to the basics back to the God of our fathers back to the traditional family values back to the way the truth and the life back to the bread of life listen back to the rock and I'm not talking about prudential 
I'm talking about the solid rock, Christ Jesus. I'm talking about the cornerstone, precious and elect in Zion. I'm talking about the rock of ages, our Lord and Savior. Back to the gospel of repentance. Not where your sins are brought before some hip counselor that says, I'm okay and you're okay. Your sins are brought before the cross of Calvary and you are washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. Back to holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Back to the God of our fathers. Let's go back to that. It really works. Now, the premise of what I'm going to say in these next few moments can be capsulized in this one sentence. What has happened in the past is going to happen in the future. In order for us to see what is going to happen in the future, we must first see what God has allowed to happen in the past. You see it historically, you see it scripturally, and I'm going to demonstrate both. You see it historically with the assassination of Abraham Lincoln and John F. Kennedy. I have a special place in my heart for Abraham Lincoln because he was married to one of my ancestors, Mary Todd. Abraham Lincoln was elected president in 1860 after the famous debates with Mr. Douglas. Civil rights was the key issue and he lost a child within the presidency. John Fitzgerald Kennedy was elected 100 years later president after the famous debates with Mr. Nixon. Civil rights were the key issue. He too lost a child within the presidency. Abraham Lincoln was assassinated by being shot in the head while president on a Friday in the presence of his wife being advised by his secretary, Kennedy, not to go to the theater. Mr. Kennedy was assassinated by being shot in the head while president on a Friday in the presence of his wife being advised by his secretary, Mrs. Lincoln, not to go to Dallas. Mr. Lincoln, his successor was a Southern Democrat by the name of Johnson, born in 1808. Mr. Kennedy, his successor, was a Southern Democrat by the name of Johnson, born in 1908. Mr. Lincoln, his assassin, was a Southern radical by the name of John Wilkes Booth. He had 15 letters in his name. Mr. Kennedy, his assassin, was a Southern radical by the name of Lee Harvey Oswald. He too had 15 letters in his name. Mr. Booth committed his crime in a theater and ran to a warehouse, and he was killed before he came to trial. Mr. Oswald committed his crime in a warehouse and ran to a theater. He, too, was killed before he came to trial. What has happened in the past is going to happen in the future. Consider it scripturally. Genesis chapter 1, God created the new heavens and the new earth. In Revelation 21, the very last thing that God does is create a new heavens and a new earth. Why is God going to create a new heavens and a new earth? Very clearly, there's going to be a nuclear war. It's described in 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 10. But the day of the Lord shall come as a thief in the night, unexpected, in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise. That's the explosion. And the elements shall melt with a fervent heat, and the earth and all the works that are therein shall be burned up. An absolute picture-perfect description of a nuclear explosion. In Revelation 21, God is going to create a new earth because men have poisoned it with nuclear proliferation. Consider God's universal judgment of sin. God destroyed Noah's generation with a flood. He's going to destroy a future generation by fire. God destroyed Noah's generation because that generation worshiped the God of self. They were a hedonistic society. They they worshiped the God of pleasure, the God of power. America is a nation that worships the God of self. Abortion is the service of the God of self. Instant self-gratification. Homosexuality is instant self-gratification. Drugs, alcohol, pornography are instant self-gratification. The legalizing of marijuana in several states is instant self-gratification. 
Just as God destroyed Noah's generation with a flood, he's going to destroy a future generation by fire to prove that he is God. Why? To purge and burn out sin. I have a question for you. Is there unconfessed sin in your life right now? Sir, are you a, a lover of this world? Young person, are you serving God? There's only two kinds of people in this building. You're either saved or you're lost. Either you're wheat or you're tear. Either you're walking in the light or you're walking in the darkness. Either you've accepted Jesus Christ into your heart as your personal Savior and you're walking the narrow way or you're walking the broad way. And it's time for America to realize that God judges sin. You'll stand before him and with the eyes that you see me with, you will see him. And with the ears that you hear me with right now, you will hear him. And you will give an account for every word, every thought, every deed that you've ever done. It's going to happen. The Bible says it is appointed unto man once to die. Then after death comes the judgment. What God has done, God will do. Consider what God did in Egypt. God sent boils. He turned the water into blood. And he sent hailstones to bust up the evil empire of Pharaoh. Revelation 15 and 16. Everybody that takes the mark of the beast breaks out with boils. The rivers and seas turn to blood. And God sends hailstones weighing a hundred pounds to pound Babylon to a pulp, magnifying the power and awesome sovereignty of God. What God did in Egypt, he's going to do in the future. He's going to do it because he said that he would in his word. The third Bible illustration of exploring the past to see what God is going to do in the future is the physical, instantaneous, and supernatural disappearance of Elijah in 2 Kings chapter 21. Elijah is caught up into heaven in a chariot of fire. The phrase chariot of fire was not born in Hollywood. It is a scriptural quote. And I can tell you according to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 16 through 18, it's going to happen again. The Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel and the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we that are alive and remain will be caught up with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. Comfort one another with these words. I want you to know that we're going to rise beyond the treetops into the presence of King Jesus, receiving crowns of gold and white robes, walking the streets of gold. We're going to receive mansions that are created by the architect of the ages. We will walk in the city where the lamb is the light, where the roses never fade, where the lame leap with glory, where the deaf hear and the blind see. We're going to that great society created by God the Father for those who love him. Even so, Lord Jesus, come quickly. What God has done in the past, God will do in the future. When Jesus came the first time, he split the pages of history in two. When he comes the second time, he's going to split the eastern sky. When Jesus came the first time, he came as a baby in Bethlehem's manger. When he comes the second time, he's going to come as the mighty conqueror, the lion of the tribe of Judah. When Jesus came the first time, he rode into Jerusalem on a donkey in 33 AD. When Jesus comes the second time, he's going to ride into Jerusalem on a white horse as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. When Jesus came the first time, they dragged him before Pilate and Herod. They spit on him. 
They cussed him. They slapped him. They ran the crown of thorns on his head. They ripped his back open with a cat of nine tails and chunks of flesh hung off of his body. When Jesus comes the second time, Pilate will bow before him. Herod will bow before him. Hitler will bow before him. Saddam Hussein will bow before him. Osama bin Laden will bow before him because every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The first time Jesus came, they crucified him like a thief on the old rugged cross. The second time Jesus comes, he's going to set up his throne on the Temple Mount. It is the throne of David, for God promised David that he would never allow his kingdom to be broken up. That out of his loins would come the mighty conqueror who would rule forever and forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. I want you to hear me. The government of the United States is going to end one day, but there is soon to come a new political administration that's going to take root in the hills of Israel when Jesus comes back to this earth and sets up his golden throne. And of his kingdom, there will be no end, and I'm going to be a part of that kingdom. What has happened in the past is going to happen in the future. January of 1933, Adolf Hitler was sworn in as the chancellor of Germany. His third Reich produced a systematic slaughter of more than six million Jews in the horror of the Holocaust. A reign of terror for 12 years that bathed the world in blood. Hitler was the devil incarnate. What has happened in the past is going to happen in the future. In Europe right now, the ghost of Hitler is crossing the continent. Neo-Nazi violence has been breaking out like wildfire. And I can tell you, according to the Word of God, that there is soon to come out of Europe, a devil incarnate that is going to make Adolf Hitler look like a choir boy, the Antichrist. Who is the Antichrist? What will he do when he comes to power? And how will it affect you if you're left here on the earth? The Antichrist is going to come out of the European common market. Daniel said that 10 nations representing the 10 toes of Daniel's image are going to come together for the recreation of the original Roman Empire. And that these 10 nations would unify and become the most powerful political and economical force on the face of the earth. And in one hour, they will pledge their allegiance to this devil incarnate. Secondly, the Antichrist is going to come as a man of peace. Daniel said, and by peace, he shall destroy many. He is going to play a major part in the creation of the European common market that you see coming together right now. He is going to settle the Arab-Israeli dispute. He's going to be considered by many as being the Messiah. The Bible says that he will be shot in the head and that he will recover miraculously, emulating the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. The Hebraic alphabet has numerical value. Each letter has a value. And when you add up the sum of the letters of his last name, it will equal 666. The Antichrist is going to sign a seven-year peace treaty with Israel and break it within three and a half years, becoming the most anti-Semitic individual ever to walk the face of the earth. He's going to invade Jerusalem and set himself up there to be worshipped as God. The Bible says, when men shall cry peace, then comes sudden destruction. Daniel said that he would understand dark sentences. That means that he will have a brilliant demonic mind, anointed by the devil himself to solve global economic and political problems. There will be a global economic collapse. The Bible says in Daniel that he would cause craft to prosper. International economist Kirk Rickenbacker, who is considered by Wall Street as being a prophet of international currency and international crisis of money, said that we are on the, in the process right now already 
of a global economic collapse. And he chastises America for living in a dream world and not believing that there is an economic devil in the very near future that we're going to have to answer to. The Antichrist is going to solve the global economic problems. He will force every man, woman, boy, and girl on the face of the earth to take his mark, not his number, but his mark on their right hand and on their forehead. And if you do not receive that mark, you will not be able to buy or sell anything. Not a loaf of bread, not a pair of shoelaces. He will create a cashless society. In order for you to make any purchases, you will have to scan your hand under an ultraviolet light where a computer will take money out of your funds. Instantly, violent crime will end. It will cause the global economic drug problems to be solved immediately. It will be considered the problem solver for all of the global economic problems. The Antichrist who set himself up in Jerusalem will demand that everybody bow down and worship him, declaring that he is God. If you're still on the earth, if you do not bow down and worship him, he will cut your head off. Every Satanist is looking forward to his coming. This devil incarnate is their Messiah. Daniel 11 says in verse 37 that he will not regard the God of his fathers. That means that he will be a Satanist. For those of you who know your history, you know that all of Hitler's command were Satanist. Daniel 11 and verse 37 also says, neither will he desire women. That means that he will be a homosexual. The Bible says that whenever the Antichrist is here, he will perform many miracles. He will cause a bush to catch on fire and not be consumed. Emulating what God did when Moses stood before the burning bush before he delivered God's people from Egypt. He will cause a statue of himself to speak. Daniel 11 and verse 38 says that he will honor the God of forces. That means that at first he will come as a man of peace, but then he's going to bathe the world in blood. The Bible teaches us that the Antichrist is going to gather the armies of the world into the valley of Jezreel for the battle of Armageddon in Israel. And blood, human blood, is going to flow for 1,600 furloins, 200 miles. But he's going to pick one fight too many. Revelation 13 and verse 6 says, he lifted his head into the heavens and blasphemed the name of God. He blasphemed him and he blasphemed his tabernacle and those that are in heaven. And the Bible says, now you get the picture here. Here's the Antichrist surrounded by millions of people ready to fight the battle of Armageddon. And he very arrogantly lifts his voice into the heavens and he challenges God. He defies God's right to send his son back to the earth. And God in heaven looks down and says, that rips it. He takes a chapter and a half to say it, but I'm going to get on down with it here. The Bible says, he that sits in the heavens. Here is the Antichrist surrounded by millions of men in the battle of Armageddon and the valley of Jezreel. And he lifts his head and he very arrogantly defies God and challenges God. And God, the Bible says, he that sits in the heavens, not drinking Maalocks, he that sits in the heavens shall laugh him to derision. I want you to hear me. God Almighty is going to have the last laugh and the last word. The Bible says... God the Father looks at his son and he says, gather the armies of heaven. 
gather the archangel army, the armies of the angels, the armies of the Old Testament saints, the armies of the New Testament saints, and mount them on white horses and return to the earth as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I want you to hear me. The last invasion on planet earth is not going to come from North Korea or China or Russia or Syria or Iran, but the last invasion on planet earth is going to come from outer space. Out of the blue heavens is going to come the thundering hoofbeats of the royal mountain posse of the Prince of Peace and I'm going to be a part of that posse headed for the Antichrist to bring victory in the name of Jesus Christ. Jesus is returning. He could return before I give an altar call. He could return right now. Does that excite you or does that fright you? He's ready to come. Are you ready to go? All of our veterans who have paid the price for our freedoms in America are worthy of our highest honor and respect. The Bible says, no greater love hath no man than this that a man laid down his life for a friend. Just as so many men and women have given the full measure of their devotion to our country, the Lord Jesus Christ did the same for us as he laid down his life for us. He is our soon returning King. Be sure that your life is right with the Lord today. Every day our U.S. soldiers put their life on the line for us to stop the awful spread of international terrorism against the United States. This Memorial Day weekend, my prayer is that you will partner with Revival Fires in this vitally important mission to provide Bibles for our troops defending America in the war on terror. Our soldiers should not be sent into battle without Bibles. Each case contains 25 complete Bibles and they cost only $5 each to print. They come boxed 20 Bibles to a case, and the shipping has already been paid for. Perhaps the Lord would lay on your heart to provide a case of Bibles for our soldiers with a gift of $100, or perhaps two cases for $200, or five cases with a gift of $500, or perhaps even 10 cases of Bibles for our soldiers with a gift of $1,000. Any amount will be a tremendous help. I believe that if our armed forces are willing to go on foreign soil to fight for our freedom and and they are. The very least we ought to do is make sure that they all have Bibles. Your gift by going to RevivalFires.org will help us provide Bibles for our servicemen and women that are giving sacrificially every day to keep our nation safe. Again, as we remember our soldiers this Memorial Day weekend for our freedom, go to RevivalFires.org to help us provide Bibles for our troops and thank you. You've been listening to the Revival Fires radio broadcast with Dr. Tim Todd. Thank you for helping us take the whole gospel to the whole world before Jesus comes.